Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously and we are down in the rugby dungeon for a very special episode of this podcast. Remember, remember the 5th of November, it's the day it all changed at Saracens Rugby Club on a day where we've seen nothing but fireworks and also bonfire night brilliant we're at rugby podcast on twitter he's jay beardmore i'm at cocker phil is lurking in your dms uh, we've all got ourselves together made the apologies to the to, to the wives and kids and um 35 was well, 35 reasons that we needed to do this there is there 36 reasons i don't know well in fact phil five, five million reasons phil is the man we can trust with the information to deliver it succinctly and honestly, and uh, and properly. So come on, Phil, give us a little summary of what, what has happened. So I received an email today, and a lot of people did, from Premier Rugby, um, announcing the results of the last six months of their investigation into salary, the Saracens Rugby Club's salary cap. So they've, they've produced a report as part of an independent panels or independent disciplinary panels investigation. And it became an independent because of what happened about five years ago with a couple of premiership clubs who didn't get punished. This was two part or of three, two or three, five years ago, yeah. who shall not be named, mm-hmm. of course. Oh, no, we don't know because we don't know who... Yeah. You can, you can, we don't, we don't yes. officially know who We don't are. officially know. There were nine clubs that made statements yes. five years ago saying they've always been above board with the salary yes. cap. Uh. And there were three clubs that did not make statements <laughs> saying they've always been above board with salary Weird. caps. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Flo. You're doing well. No. Um, so on this one, so the, the two key reasons that Premier Rugby have given, which we don't have the full report, we don't have the detail, but the two statements they've made is that Saracens Rugby Club failed to disclose payments to players in each of the seasons 16-17, 17-18 and 18-19, so the, the previous three seasons. In addition, the club is found to have exceeded the ceiling for payments to senior players in each of those three oh seasons. The consequences of that are a total league point deduction of 35, which is applicable this season, and a total fine of five million three hundred and sixty thousand two hundred and seventy two pounds and thirty one pence and that amount is we can deduce we approximate we can approximate what the salary cap breach was based on both the points deduction and the fine amount right we can an educated guess we can have a guess yes so sorry 
what date was the original investigation? I March. The... It opened up. That's when. No, no, no. All the right. one where all the clubs denied it and some didn't. Well, 2014-15 yeah. season. Uh, that was but, the Bath Saracens final, wasn't that it? That was all dealt with off. Yeah, that was that season, but it was all dealt with offline. And the the assumption was there were commercial agreements settled without anything becoming public by a number of clubs and Premiership yes. rugby. Okay, fine. Um, so the. The I'm just looking for the the there we go, oh no, different section. I'm just looking for the the penalties um, because the different levels of breach relate to different um, punishments. So the highest level breach, um, there we go. So over six hundred fifty thousand pound breach is the punishment that relates to. Um, 35 league point deduction. Now, I don't need to tell you this. That's not insignificant. 35 league points. Uh, and uh, also over, the breach. Well, so th- the breach of over £650,000, that's a lot of money. Yes. That is a lot of money. Uh, a big number. That, that is, incidentally, more than you can spend on your um, academy credits. Yeah. Which is £600,000, and you could have, uh, well, it's £50,000 per player for that. Yeah. So, so you, you get 12 of them. Well, well, 13 of them in that price range. Well, 100,000 here, 100,000 there. Before you know it, you're talking about real money. Yeah. The other thing that... So, we can assume at least one of the years was over £650,000. Um, the other thing that supports that is the total um, financial penalty, the five million, five million, pounds Now, we know that any salary breach over £350,000 leads to a fine that is triple um, in value. So if it's £351,000, it would be £1 million, And it's uh, the, the bigger the breach, the bigger 000. the ratio. So some clubs, Wasps, Harlequins, I think, have gone just marginally over. Yes. And it's at a lower rate. It's like so, 50% rather yeah. than... In, for Wasps, it was 50p yeah. in every pound. That's right. For this, it's £3 in every pound. Yes. So it's triple. Yeah. So from that, the £5 million, if you just divide that by three, you would assume the total breach was in the region of 1.8 million, which m- would roughly stack up with £600,000 per year. That is a massive fine. So what you can assume is at least one of the years was over £650,000. In likelihood, all three years were in the region of £600,000. Mm. Now, it might not quite play yes, out like that, but, but approximation. That's, that's a rough guess. So the one frustrating part about this is we don't have a report to digest and read over because it's and we're never going to see one. Most likely, we are never going to see one. So yeah, so well, we don't we uh, don't we know we don't know exactly what the breach was. We can assume again an approximation, an educated guess. You can assume it's the money that was put into the partnerships uh, companies. And by the way, let's not forget the true heinous um, part of this whole uh, whole. Um, Scandal. Scandal yeah. is the names of those companies. We should never forget <laughs> just how bad Voonprop Limited, Faz Investments Limited, Wiggy, Wiggy Nine, Nine Investments. And who knows, maybe we would have, we would have had Jinx Alladaily Coffee uh, <laughs> Limited <laughs> with Elliot Daly and uh, Jamie George, Bezzy Mates. Who do need some new funders. They do need some new funders. Investment opportunity. Yes. So there's a few things which I want to bring up here, of things that we, we think we know. Okay, so we know the verdict, obviously. Um, we know... Broadly, what Saracens did, don't, don't we? Broadly, we're well, assuming. So we we're, don't. We're assuming the two. We we can 
Triang- very broad, broad strokes we do. Though. So we can triangulate the two statements. So I'll just read the statement again from Premier Rugby, which is Saracen Rugby Club failed to disclose players payments to players. In addition, they have exceeded the ceiling for payments to senior now, players. Have you read the Saracen statement? Yes, which is you've got to triangulate those two. Which is interesting. Yes. So read me the Saracen statement. So, so it's a little bit more um, more interesting. So the bit that Premier Rugby don't mention, but Saracens do mention, which is what you've just referred to, Tim, is what Saracens call player co-investments. And Sa- the Saracen statement includes um, a line which says, they steadfast- steadfastly maintain that player co-investments do not constitute, cons- constitute salary under the regulations. Yeah. Now, this is where I think it gets really murky. Because I can see a really good argument for it not. Anyway, we'll get back to that in a second. So, we we know broadly, in a broader sense, okay? We can assume that, yes. We know there's sanctions. I'm going to tell you a few other things which might be of interest to you. So, number number one is, I would have assumed that the club owners had to vote on this. They did not. I would have assumed that the club owners would have seen this. They have not. That, in, that doesn't surprise me, to be honest, yeah. given that it's got to be an independent disciplinary panel. Yeah. Now, that is even more interesting because if Saracens then appeal it, the whole world will see it because they'll have, they'll have to use it, use it as evidence. Well, it's interesting you say that because Saracens have used the word appeal, but when you look at the regulations, it's a review. Uh, so we're not going to see... We're not gonna. It's not gonna be aired in public at any point. All that's actually happening now, and you, it's potato, potato review, appeal. But all that's gonna happen is, um, I think, what can be reviewed is whether there was any sort of egregious oversight on, on the on, on on the part of the independent panel. Yeah. Now there's a few other things. Okay. Which. Okay. So what you're saying they can review the competency of the panel, basically. Yes. Have the panel got it wrong? Yes. So, I mean, they might have got it wrong if Saracens can successfully argue yes. player co-investments. But we're not going to see any of that at any point. Yeah. But if they take it to a higher court in the land, for want of a better word, um, you know, to take it into the actual justice system, then we'll we'll have to see it. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, what we don't know, we don't know if, Salar- if Saracens are still o- over the cap currently. Well, we, we have a statement. We That's have a statement. We have a statement from Saracens that says they are not. So the Saracens statement says um, the club allocates a set budget for player remuneration. Uh, the bu- this budget falls within the salary cap for this year and has no co- no connection whatsoever to third party co investments. So Saracens are saying that, and they are actually explicitly saying they will not be forced to sell any players to comply with the salary cap in this financial year. Yeah, which again is interesting because, well, if you've paid a lump sum immediately, I don't know, three or four years ago, well then surely you're getting away with it now. <laughs> yeah, if you pay a one-off lump sum in one year, take the punishment in that year. Yeah. Well, uh, I which, mean... Which that, that hasn't... That stance from the club has not been validated by Premier Rugby. So that's now, their view. Yeah. Now, Saracens have also said in, in their statement um, that they have new governance in order to make sure that this doesn't happen again. I mean, you know, if you, if what we think, uh, you know, if we think there's a £600,000 breach, you need, I mean, it's not a governance issue, is it? Governance issue is like, you've, you know, you've got 
the correct process for payments or, you know, you put tape on the stairs to, uh, to say, mind your step. You know, governance is like incidental stuff. And that kind of also doesn't, that doesn't make sense in the sense of Saracens are maintaining that they acted in good faith, believing they were complying. But apparently, apparently the report says they completely accept that Saracens were acting in good faith and they never tried to mislead or circumvent the cap. Well, Saracens did say in their statement, we are pleased that they agree that we did not deliberately yeah. circumvent yes. the cap. Yes, which was a very interesting line. And I'd, I'd love to see the detail of the report to understand how they reached that conclusion. So that might win when for yeah. three consecutive years they have um, breached the cap to a tune, a rough tune of £600,000 per year. So th- there's some really unfair things in this. First of all, we need to know what's in it. I mean, frankly, we need to know. And also, club owners need to know, too. And, well, basically, everyone in rugby... For us, it's because it's the integrity of the sport. Yeah. For club owners, I mean, you know, maybe I'm getting the wrong end of the stick here, but surely they would like to know how to pay their players. If there's some clever little trick which is not <laughs> legal, why shouldn't everyone be you know, privy to it? Yeah. And also... If they are setting up companies for their players, I mean, I actually, on a moral level, depending on how they do it, I don't have much of an issue with it. But I, I think it's really good. And the Saracen statement says, uh, we want to help our players set up for, uh, as entrepreneurs post-playing. I mean, that is about as healthy as it as it gets from player welfare. I mean, that is that is all the rage. I mean, from all the outrage on Twitter and social media, and this is a false... Well, what happened to the outrage from a few weeks ago when it's all about player welfare and that you don't care about your players? This is clearly a mechanism which may, may or may not have broken the salary cap rules, but it is a player welfare uh, uh, a mechanism, no matter which way you look at it. Yeah, and I, I think to that point, we will certainly see amendments to the salary cap rules, how they deal with this loophole, the co-investment loophole, because... Because we don't know the details of how much money was being put in by one party and taken out by another party, we're not sure of the exact uh, process that has gone through here. But what we wouldn't want to see, um, just playing back your point, Jay, is the networking and business opportunities and opportunities for players to further themselves post-career being taken out and, and totally destroyed. So let, well, let's dig into the money show of that in a, in a minute, but let's just deal with the sort of bigger picture right now. So what do you think they're thinking down at Sandy Park? Well, uh, have you seen the... I think they want to relegate statement. I, no, I haven't seen an extra statement. I, and personally, I don't think Sandy Park are alone in this. I think, I actually think that a lot of teams, if not in the country, they, you know, they want blood. They, they want them relegated. I think they, they consider this more serious or as serious as any other type of cheating, whether it be ball tampering or... Doping or anything. I mean, that's how seriously that Saracens. Have, yeah, it. Saracens have said they f- they feel that it's, that it's been harshly dealt with. Um, I think heavy-handed uh, was heavy-handed was the phrase they used. Yeah, uh, Richmond Rugby Club might. Uh, uh, they can definitely say that they got dropped to the very bottom <laughs> of the league structure when they had when they sort of um, had some financial issues. Yeah, uh, that, in the, back nine, in the amateur days, nine league. Oh, that, that was uh, the, the, the turn of professionalism. Were they bankrupt? Ninety-nine. Then they have to fire everyone. They they were bankrupt. Yes. Were they went to or, also were they meant to build an F one track or something ridiculous? I'm not sure about that one. I'm sure, they meant to build an F one <laughs> track and, have like and a then they have Ben Clark there. as their number eight. Yeah, a Ben Clark well, from Bath. Yeah, ah, nice. Well, Exeter. Then they have um. Sorry, we're talking Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. Then they have 
Scott Quinnell at one point. Yeah, they did, actually. Was it Craig? Oh, I one don't know. It was Craig. Maybe it's both. I think it was Craig. Good, good. <laughs> one very cheap, one very expensive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Legitimately. Um, the Exeter statement, or should I say the Tony Rowe statement, yep. said um, they should be, rele- in his opinion, they should be relegated. Now, he has got more skin in the game than most. Yeah. Because he's lost a couple of premiership finals to the Saracens team. Three. Three premiership two, finals. Two in the two years, in the, in the in the years, years. that this is And depending about. on who you listen to, he either owns all the club or none of the club. <laughs> so, you know, it's a very difficult one to um, work out. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how the Exeter is financed, but it doesn't sound like Southwest Comms is quite big enough for all that cash. Um, anyway, uh, just back to... Um, Saracens, uh, do you think there was any excuses that you would accept uh, of this? Like when the Saracens fans are talking around the subject, a lot of it comes down to, well, England should be grateful, or because it suits England, we should be allowed to cheat. Is effectively what they're saying there. That, do, you, do you think there, there, there is any merit in any of the more silly excuses that we've heard so far? That one, because it benefits England, they should be allowed to cheat. Do, do what you want. Oh, that fine. Is, yeah, that is. Crackers. Yeah, I don't, I don't think opinion. Saracens fans are legitimately saying that. Are they? Oh, I think I've, I've only seen one person. I've seen. I've, I've seen, seen a, one. I've seen a more. I've seen a more nuanced position where, and this is the the, the consequence of this whole situation, um, where I do have a, a little bit of sympathy with Saracens if they are faced with a situation where I mean, unless before I say this, they have signed Liam Williams and Elliot Daly and Will Skelton and Vincent Cock and uh, other, uh, Sean Maitland, Alex Lewington. So I'm not, uh, so, you know, notwithstanding that, if they were put in a situation where they had to let a load of academy products go because they can't fit them all of these incredible number, and they have got way more than any other club. Well, not as many as Sale, but carry on. Well, <laughs> they've got, they've got, they've got. Biggest academy in, in, in the UK, but I do take your point. First, okay, first team appearances from their academy, there's no one that touches them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they were forced to let some of those goes, uh, go, I do have sympathy with how the salary cap system would appear to disincentivize them producing as many great so young players as they do. I could not disagree with that more. In fact, if anything, the salary cap system makes you, you, you work your academy harder. Oh, no, no, I know. But how about... But, a situ- but not for Saracens, uh, because, of course, Saracens have not only... I mean, they've burnt both end, end, ends of the candle, if you, if you like. They've got all the top-end talent from outside the club, and then they've got all the top-end talent from within that region and developed it. I mean, they've, they've, they've done a good job on both sides. There's no yeah, brilliant. about that. Exceptional job. But if, the, if that cap doesn't exist, or sorry, if it does exist and they adhere to it, if their current situation doesn't exist, exist is what I meant to say, then that, then that academy gets even more valuable because what you want is cheap young players. No, I, I get that. I, I do get that. But if, if you produce as many top-level European Champions Cup winning sides, England international players as they do, you can't fit all of them. No, you can't in the cap. So, so if they were in a position where they go, we're going to have to let Mario Itoji go. Well, we brought him up yeah. from from a from a boy. But they wouldn't. They, they would let George Cruis go. And I know that doesn't sound like no. much of a consolation, but they would. And no, they'd have to pair Mario Itoji with Nick Nickazikwe. No, I, I do understand. I guess what I'm what I'm <laughs> saying is one of the consequences from this could be. Increase the academy credits you get for generating. It could be scaled up. So if you get a academy player that becomes an England international, you get an extra bonus on top of your salary cap every year that they're there. Or acad- academy players are outside of the salary cap and you make the salary cap smaller. 
No, I disagree with all those things. Just keep the salary cap as a, a straightforward number. By definition, young players are cheaper than older ones, and you have to manage your cap. And you know, if you want to bring in academy lads, you will benefit because there'll be more lads. There'll be you know, there, there are some fundamentals which will always remain the same, which is lads will always be slight. Well, I say always, mostly be more loyal to the club which they came through at. If you if you look after them, they, they, they want to stay. If you create a great environment, they will sign, sign on for less. If they've got more, more opportunities at the end of their career, they might you know sign that extension. In my mind, Saracens have done all of those things and then a little bit extra. Uh, but those fundamentals still, still, still remain the same. So the academy stuff, the idea of saying, oh, Saracens would just have thrown uh, Mario Toji in the bin because they couldn't, couldn't get him in the camp. You're saying that? I'm, no one's saying that. Or, or George Cruis, or that these academy lads wouldn't get in, or they wouldn't get a chance. They would get a chance. And the best clubs would still be clubs like Exeter and Saracens that bring loads of academy lads through because they're cheaper. So I don't think the cap, the cap needs to change. I think the attitude towards the cap needs to change. So the cap already does have some level of... Um, some. Yeah, of... Um, differentiation between the senior players, the academy players, and the homegrown players. Um, I'm not. I think if this was a few years ago, we might have seen what you're describing, Tim. I think, given where we are now with the um, CVC investment and the kind of right outrage from the other clubs. I just can't see it happening now. No. The only thing that I can see happening will be an inflationary rise um, to the salary cap, as we've seen in the past, and also potentially some some tightening and some better explanation around what is allowed and what isn't allowed in the co-investment sphere. Yeah, yeah I mean, and that's it, isn't it? That's why we... So the long short of this is we need more transparency within the system. Now, I get it is a private organisation, and I get people can be sensitive towards giving up private data, particularly earnings data. I completely get that. Mm. But this is the, you know, this is the fundamental integrity of the entire league. And I think there are some, there are, in fact, some uh, positions in life where you have to declare your salary. And professional rugby player should absolutely have to be one. And, an- and an- another thing, well, sorry, professional rugby player within the premiership. Um, another thing as well is there has to be a strict divide in my mind between players utilising the club's sponsors and then going out and getting their own sponsors. And the reason I think that is it, we are going down a very murky path where the, like the co-investments, for, 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 for example, it's very hard to decipher where the club stops and ownership starts. So if I was to take a club like, uh, just because I know Cell Sharks, what if one of the Cell Sharks went to, went to work at UK Fast, who is also sponsoring the club? Is that right? Is it wrong? I think there needs to be a clear divide. You can either sponsor so, players or clubs. Yeah, that would come under... The, by the way, that hasn't happened for yeah, the record. Yeah. Well, uh, that would, the there have been all sorts persons. of jokes in the past about uh, wives of players being very well-paid receptionists. Uh, cooks yeah. at Saracens, maybe. I don't know, but yes, I, I've heard the same jokes. Yes, I, I, I think and I believe stuff like that did go on a while ago, certainly before the salary cap was audited in the same way it is now. Yes, and, and also, where do, we, where do we go on this? Because we talked about this on our, uh, the, the domestic podcast where we sort of touched on some of these issues in anticipation of the salary cap story coming out. And we talked about rugby clubs at every level being a, a big network, 
Yes. Um, and you'll have you'll you'll have a plasterer and a lawyer playing in the same team side by side. And at some point, the, the lawyer need, yeah. the lawyer needs a house plaster in, and, um, the, and the plasterer has a bit of a situation where he needs some legal help. Ticket. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, th- this this kind of goes on. Does this mean now that any we're going to have every possible type of benefit in kind scrutinised? Um, so so if um, if a Premiership player gets introduced by a, by an owner and says, oh, here you go, here's someone that might be able to give you a bit of time and help on guidance for this, that or the other, your business idea. Not money, but it, is that a benefit in kind that now should come under the salary cap? Frankly, everything has a value. So if uh, everyone at Saracens who wanted to go down this route started taking insurance exams and then spending the summer working at Allianz, to me, that is a great way to you know, make sure players are ready for... Uh, um, post-playing. On the other hand, it is clearly very, very valuable and it has to be valued in um, in a way or maybe you make room for that in in, um, in the cap like education and educational costs or networking costs are somehow exempt. My, my argument for this is that players only get paid for playing and that is it and they cannot have sponsorship deals with club sponsors unless all the money for that player goes to the club. So if you want to sponsor a club player at the moment, say I want to sponsor, I don't know, someone at Leicester Tigers, that money that I sponsor that player with, so when he scores, it's, um, well, not they they would score in Leicester Tigers, but, you know, <laughs> hypothetically, if they did. If they ever did. Yeah, when they get sin-binned, um, you know, uh, <laughs> Ben Young sponsored by such and such, that goes to the club. That is, like, club, club responsibility. But Ben Youngs would have to go out and go and get his own sponsorship deals. And yeah. it has to, they have to be independent. Yeah, the, well, I think I think there's all, already some provisions on that. There is. So if there's anything that goes through the club on behalf of club sponsors, then that would be counted in the salary yeah. cap. But they can they can freely go and get their own, like Mario Toji does, my protein, for example. Now he also does Vitality, and I'm sure Vitality yeah. sponsor. Oh. I'm sure they sponsor Saracens. Saracens. That should not be allowed. Interesting. And I, I I don't like saying that because I do appreciate he's got star power, but Vitality have to decide: do they want to sponsor Mario Toji or oh, do they want to sponsor the way Saracen? the way he sits and looks at that little dog on the bench in the park? It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's wonderful uh, acting. Uh, the guy's uh, he's a poet. What Although, by the dog? I say he's like a, he's an he's an actor. He's a poet. Warrior. Um, how a warrior lover on the, on the field. Lover, I'm sure. Listener. Yes, but one thing he's not is a guy that can come up with a business name either. Because I only actually. This, the penny only dropped on this one today. His his company is called MN, MN. Investments. Nope. The M stands for Marrow. And the, the N stands for Nigel. Nigel. That was my assumption. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, dear. I believe that's the case. Oh, no. Oh. Um, nah. Okay, so one thing. Should, here we go, questions that people are asking. Should the stars on Saracen's jersey be turned into asterisks or removed? <laughs> well, have a star... With an asterisk. <laughs> well, well I, you know, here's something controversial. Yes, the ones for the Premiership potentially should. Ones for Europe, absolutely not. Those are earned. I mean, they they played Toulon for them, so you I, can get stuff. I kind of agree with you on that. Um, on the one hand, they qualified for Europe via the Premiership. That would be uh, the one argument people would come up with. But on the other hand, I would love to know in real terms what Leinster's. Exactly right. Because it will far exceed any premiership operation. So, frankly, European stuff, you're fine. Um, Premiership stuff, we're going to really have to have a think about this. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't doesn't seem like that's 
I would part not part of have the an conversation. Issue. Yeah, it's it's not as far as I've seen, I, and I would not have an issue with the two Premiership titles in this three-year window being stripped off them. Yeah, I think there's uh, precedent but, in other sports. But then, uh, well, it's not it's not in the rules. But, and here's something no. very interesting: this whole thing has not been it's not been cooked up. It's not you know no additional rules have been in, introduced. These are all it's just been. Uh, administrated via the old rules, and the old rules don't, do not say that you get stripped of your titles, which is which is very true. It is all above board, and that I don't know if you've seen the element of the uh, Premiership statement that refers to one of Saracen's defences. Go on, which is the independent panel. This is the direct quote: the independent panel rejected the club's challenge on competition law grounds Ooh. to the validity of the regulations. I did read that, and I thought... Which, so, sorry, say that again. Yeah. So the independent panel rejected the club's challenge on competition law grounds to the validity of the regulations, which my interpretation of that sentence is Saracens were questioning whether the... Um, salary, salary cap's legal, basically. The salary cap laws that they've signed up to, the 57-page law that they've signed up to, every year for the past however many years was legal. Yeah, so they, that is that, almost like a smoking gun for me. Yeah, that. Well, if you're questioning that, that and the done. fact that, uh, so it was on the 11th of March when Nigel Ray made a statement via the club's website saying that they're going to, they've done nothing wrong, that these partnerships were, all the rest of it. Both board, legal, reported to premiership. Exactly. Uh, that is no longer on the Saracens website. Interesting. Well, I think I'd, I'd remove it too until, yeah. If Saracens are really, really convinced that they're in the clear about this, they have to make everything everything public. I know that would be my move. I would explain exactly why I did these things, exactly how much went in, how how it went in, and you know, then let the rugby public judge you. Because at the moment, my feeling is the overwhelming course of public opinion is against Saracens here. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I definitely agree now, with that. Now, if Saracens, if the profile of the people that Nigel Ray had set up businesses with were all players post-30 coming towards the end of their career. Mm. That that would be one look. It just so happens that the players that he's got into business with are British and Irish Lion, top-level superstar players. Yes. Which um, gives it a... I that he's not done, done this with other players. I mean, it's just that those are the big names. I would assume that the, the others would be reported if he, if that if they'd been done. I know it was... it was, what was it Brad Barrett that was the coffee one? Was that one? Um, or was that... Was that there know. is there is the Tiki Tonga coffee, Tiki Tonga coffee, lager, as some of the other, but we don't actually know because we have the headlines that are reported in the the papers, as in Wiggy, MN Investments, Wiggy Nine, Wiggy Nine Investments, yeah, Faz Limited, Vunprop. But they would obviously only report the uh, most yeah. interesting ones to the general public. Yeah, so yeah. we don't actually know how okay. far down this goes. All right, well that, that might be a different look. That would look very different if the prof, if it was all encompassing and everyone. Yeah, or it was the age profile of the players was oh it's just something I did with players that are coming towards the end of the, their career. But if when if it was done with guys that are twenty four, twenty five, but just happen to be absolute superstar players who have the biggest uh, potential wage that they could command from clubs, if yeah. they went on the open market, that's that's a different look. If it was the uh, the older players, what would you, what would they do? So like I'm thinking of Marcelo Bosch. Oh, he'd be uh, power uh, power tools. Oh yes, Bosch, Bosch oh, I, I'd imagine that he'd, he'd or, 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 like, or hair or like a hair, a hair product, tools, of course. <laughs> <laughs> a hair it might mo- be a problem yeah. with the uh, Bosch power tools. He'd be a uh, Bosch models limited. Yeah. 
yeah. like catalogue modelling. I, I, I guess you would build massive raw Thai and Argentine barbecues. Yep. Oh, yes. Oh, I went to a, um, the restaurant I went to on Sunday. Oh. Had a, an enormous smoker outside Ooh. and an enormous Argentine barbecue. Built by Marcelo Bosch? Marcelo it, Bosch barbecues? I, no one said it wasn't MBBBQ. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bosch parcels it would be a good one. Um, what would Alex Good? Has he got one? I wonder. Uh, what, what would Alex Good do? Probably, but I don't know. Good. Think he does. I, I'm I sure think he'd, I think he'd do. Um, he'd organise stag do tours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just going back to like, we do know that, for instance, Jamie George has a physio practice. I mean, some of these are pretty wholesome investments. It's not like yeah. they've, they've just set up a company. And thrown well, not all of them. They've not just set up a you know a housing company or whatnot. No, I believe I mean, they, are, they are genuine businesses. I, I believe Nigel Ray when he says that he genuinely cares about these guys as yes. as people. I totally believe him. I, yeah. I do as well. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's not to say that no one puts that amount of money yeah. of your own personal wealth into something like rugby and not and not cares. Now, what well, would would a five million pound fine? Because this is the other thing. Would this whole thing be enough for if you and Nigel Ray to say? If he genuinely feels really hard done by... Walk away. To just go, do you know what? I can't be doing with this. Hard enough. I have tried everything. I've bought bloody um, Tim Horan to the Premiership. I've bought... Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of all the famous <laughs> all the famous All Blacks. So, you know, oh, what the hell's his name? Tane Randall. Uh, he's bought... Eddie Jones. Uh, yeah, Castanier. He, he has been responsible... Andy Farrell. Andy Farrell. Um... England are in a World Cup final because of the the foundations that I laid. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank on all the great Saracens players that he's brought over to his shores. John Joe, John Schmidt, Scout Britt. Yep, yeah. Here we go. Uh, yeah, Scout Berger. Uh, uh, what's his name? I'm trying to think of the bloody French captain and his brother. Um, huge guy. Oh, uh, Moroccan heritage. Oh, oh, uh, Abba, Abba, uh, Albanese. No. Uh, why can't well, I why think? Can't, not Albanese. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, it's ben, not Azam either. Ben Azi. Ben Azi. Abdel and okay. Caleb Ben, ben Azi. <laughs> like, Chris but, Chesney. Perfect. That's more like it. You know, the guy's done marvellous, marvellous things for uh, English rugby in, in particular. It's It would be, um, be an amazing statement to say that he doesn't care or, you know, some such thing. He clearly, clearly does. Um, Five million pounds is a lot of cash. It's a lot of cash. Well, if he walks away, they're, they're, all, they're all done, really, because... They rely on his cash. It's not, uh, from what I can tell, it's not a self-sustaining en- um, I d- enterprise. I don't get the feeling that any rugby club is a self-sustaining enterprise right now. There is the, there is the venture capitalists circling around, and I, I don't, I don't suppose any owner is going to go when there's a CVC in in, in the offing. Mm. CVC and ever increasing BT Sport money, mm. TV de- deals. Well, as they say, as some people say at least, uh, the, the you know the the. Um, Payments are increasing, but the viewing figures aren't, and that's a, that's a rather concerning thing. Yes. Uh, now let's just go back to the salary cap. So we need full transparency. The other reason we need full tra- full, full transparency, both of the process, the investigation, furthermore sal- uh, salaries of players, is because inflation for players is led primarily by agents who are lying to both the players. And also to the club oh, owners. The players know what everybody's on. Everyone knows what everybody's on. They do except not. Except fans. They do not. I mean, they might know within a tolerance of, say, 
five to ten percent. Yeah, yeah. The five or ten percent inflation every year is an, an enormous amount. But yeah, I, I'm certain there'll be misinformation from agents yeah, yeah. to inflate their own guys. I'm sure that's so the case. So we do need clear information. It's also good for the product because it, get, it opens up a whole new avenue of fandom in the same way that fancy rugby or no fancy fancy baseball started as a little silly game and it brings in a whole new type of fan. Well, in the same way that you know the NFL there's NFL salary cap nerds out there who love the numbers. I was going to ask is NFL fully transparent on the the deals I'm I think certain it is. they are yeah, 100% it and they even say like in the case of Gu- you even know the guaranteed money don't you you even know guaranteed money and you know when uh, in the case of Tom Brady basically Bill Belichick the, co- uh, the the head coach of the New England Patriots who've won seven uh, Super Bowls in recent history the, the best team ever and Tom Brady the greatest player of all time he you know when Bill Belichick went to Tom Brady and said, look, Tom, um, we're struggling this year. Would you mind taking a lower amount this year and mm. we can give you more next year so that, never we, so, that we, so that we can get you a, a better wide receiver? Yeah. And you know when they do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which, incidentally, on the um, Premiership Rugby salary cap, you can't do... You, if you have a three-year deal that says 100k year one, 100k year two, 600k year three... It's averaged over that three-year deal. Oh, interesting. You can't circumvent it by doing that. Ooh. But you, you might be able to see where if Owen Farrell decided to take a 300 grand pay cut for a period of time um, in order to get a better centre partnership when, when Brad, a centre partner when Brad Barrett retires. So can I now outline, outline, outline um, rather drastic solutions that Saracens might want to consider? These are off the wall. Okay. Well, first of all, they might feel hard done by by Premier Rugby. It sounds like they do. And uh, and we should just should just say they have said they want this reviewed. Yeah. As a result, the the points deduction and the fine hasn't been implemented and won't be until the conclusion of that. Which we've no idea how long that could take. It could be some time. It could be most of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess they'll appeal that as well in the in the real courts. I mean, it depends how yeah. long they Ar- want to... Arbitration uh, would be the next yeah. step. And I that, believe... Which would also be private. I believe it was uh, something came out and said... Again, there's so many news stories that have come out today that have been just blown out of the water by this, like Japan potentially joining the Six Nations, uh, which we can maybe Talk mention that at the very end what, or on the next about podcast. Por- what about Portugal's new coach? Yeah. <laughs> that was a, we'll, get, we'll get into that story. But I, I believe I'm right in saying that, that there was a vote and there will definitely be relegation this year. There will be no ring fence league. Right. This year. So. Interesting. Here's some outlandish uh, suggestions for Saracens. Um, well, first of all, they're not over the cap this uh, uh, this year, so they can keep all of their players. Mm-hmm. But they've got a small problem, which they can only have them for seven matches a year. Oh, that's what they are assuming. So yes. do they go out and try and win, win Europe? I say yes, they should. Well, that might be their only route into Europe next year. Yeah. Yep. Potentially. So, so that is quite important. Um, number two. What if they said, well, we don't want to play Premiership. Uh, you've really let us down. We're going to go and play Pro 14. I mean, like, the Pro 14 wouldn't have Saracens. They would have them in a heartbeat. Pro 14. They would probably... S- top 14. Yeah, exactly. That Super mean, Rugby would have them. Super Rugby would... I this, mean, is, this, this is... I mean, they're, they're all... Fantasy insane. insanity yeah. will never happen. Well, <laughs> totally do you, crazy. Do you, but... not, do you not remember Marad Bougela saying, I might want to join the Premiership? Premiership, like, yeah, 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 okay. I mean, Saracens could get their whole squad in the French Cup. Pretty, pretty little effort, really. Just none of the England players would would well, sign up for that. Well, not only that, 
the England players couldn't be England players. Exactly, that's that's why yeah, they wouldn't yeah, sign yeah, up for that because they're outside the Premiership. But it's, yeah, but then I'm sure a deal could be brokered there. Yeah, so I mean, there are a lot of cards to be played. I think I would if I was in Saracen's shoes. I mean, maybe I'm not the best person to talk because I do like a bit of confrontation every now and again. But <laughs> I think I would stoke the fire and say, we have applied for the top 14. They'd be very happy to have us. Now, are you okay with not having George Cruis, Maratoji? Because they're contracted to the club. They can't go anywhere. Owen Farrell, Lozowski, Spencer. The list, go, list goes on and on and on. George. But you can't, fo- you can't follow through on that because all they do is they go, uh, they, they'll, they'll play that brinkmanship and go, Okay, well, fine. Newcastle up next year, and um, and then Marrow and all those guys. If they want to play for England, they'll have to pick one of the twelve clubs. Oof. Well, I mean, mm. that's that's just that's just um, one of the the ideas. The other idea, and this is actually doable, I think. What if you didn't pay the England stars to play in Europe? No, didn't play pay them to pay, play in the Premiership. Sorry. Oh. So you only split, contract them yes, for your split squad. So they think they've got seven mm. games from them this year. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm certain. I, I can't think of the regulation, but I am certain that would be covered. Maybe it would that's be. That's interesting, just, that. The salary cap goes Ooh, into... Oh, I like that. It goes into so much detail about what constitutes a salary, what constitutes yeah. a contract, what constitutes a player, I the like connected that. party of either the player or the club. I can't imagine it's been overlooked... But it's so out there that it might have just been totally overlooked. You just have yeah. half a dozen power players that, you, that are there yeah. for your European, European Cup. And now Min- a minimum of six games. Now, there is a club, believe it or not, that already does this. I can't remember that. Oh, Leinster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, so, um, well, this is my thinking, right? So maybe you do need your big players for, I don't know, five or six premiership games a year. But only contracting for that. So, so pro rolls are their pay. pay. So, look, we're going to pay you good money. In fact, if you were to extrapolate it out, you'd be the top paid, paid players in the world. But you're only going to play you, you, European and maybe six six games of, games of a premiership. The rest of your money, because we we think you're that good, is going to come, come, come from England. They'd get under the cap pretty rapidly. They could still probably win Europe. And I'll tell you the best story as well. The best story, the one which I love, and it won't be popular, but the one that I love is the idea that Saracens don't get all their England players back because they've got to be rested and they off, they're off to... Uh, well, the Autumn Internationals are on the corner. Um, six Nations. Well, no, no. Six, no, no Autumn Internationals, but yes. Six six sorry, sorry. They've got an awesome tra- training training camp. Do they? I'm pretty sure they do. Well, surely they, not. Because it's November. Yeah, because Eddie's... Ed, well, Eddie's naming it. Unless it's a, oh, unless it's the camp for Six Nations. Yeah. yeah. Because that's in, that's in February. Yeah, which will... It, we're only about six or seven weeks away from the um, Six Nations squad being yeah. named. So, um, what, what, what was I saying then? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, th- so those players might not be available. Now, the story I love is lads like Ben Earl and uh, Manu Vunapola and Tompkins and very much their second string who are good enough to win games but not good enough to win the Premiership, you might argue, yeah. having to dig out Saracens from this situation. And then Saras is ending up in this perverse, this perverse world where they're actually stronger for it because all their young lads have been galvanised. You know, they, they they now bleed Saracens because they've been through this, this traumatic hell, and then they've come on come out on the other side. Not only with a bunch of England players they've already got, but new lads, new lads who are seasoned Premiership campaigners. So let's split those two things down. I think it's really interesting what you say about the split salary, and I'm I I think I'm I think I'm with you, Phil, where I say they must have thought of that yeah i'm just thinking if if they haven't that is a genius idea thank you i'm just thinking there's 
because all the clubs play in the Premiership, there would be I think any contract they would have with any player would be deemed to be within the oh, salary yeah, cap. Yeah. They would still all come under the salary cap, but, but they'd be prorated, wouldn't they? Yeah, so you're you're effectively giving them a big deduction. Yes. Um, Which, but, but saying you're going to play f- the fewer games. And Billy Vanapola has said yeah, he, w- he, w- he would take a pay cut for less games. Yeah. Yeah. Because it will give him more longevity in his career. And like you say, the money. Those England boys coming back from the World Cup, yes, they didn't get their medal, but they are walking away with... Life-changing money. Frankly, big, yeah, big life changing money. money. If they like, treat quarter that of a million quid, they'll be coming. Uh, no, uh, no, maybe not quite that. But yeah, prob- probably, probably about, about uh, probably about a quarter of a million quid, but, excluding some of the individual sponsorship yeah. deals that they will have got. Yeah. Prob- probably talking, talking. Yeah, they're all coming back with a quarter of a million quid. So they still will be under the salary cap, but you just pay them a lot less, and they're not contracted to do that many games. Yeah. Okay. So that could that could get around it if you get the buy-in from the, the players. The second point, and here, let's get into that. If the 35-point deduction is upheld. Will Saracens get relegated? So I think there is a very real possibility. So Russ Petty did the last 15 years of premiership table um, My if you took 35 points off Saracens. Now, they get relegated in three of those seasons. Admittedly, those three seasons are all more than 10 years ago. Um, so they don't get relegated in any of the last 10 seasons. However, this season is an anomaly because of the World Cup. Because of the World Cup and because of Saracen's incredible involvement in the World Cup. Yes, yeah. More than certainly any team in the Premiership. um, More than almost any in the world other than maybe Glasgow and Leinster and potentially JB's beloved Benetton. Yep. Um, So I think there is a very real threat of Saracen's getting relegated. Now, we've also said... that's one side that the Saracens, assuming the minus 35 does go ahead, the Saracens are going to struggle because because of the England players, but also because of the disruption that mm. this will have in their camp. And the other side of the coin, which this doesn't affect, but the Premiership is as strong and as competitive as we've seen in years. Mm. We are we're genuinely saying down from after the top, well, arguably after the top two teams, you can't. It's very difficult to pick um, yeah. the order of the the well, we've, teams. We've and already one seen of the top it. two is gone. Yeah, look at look at the table right now. There's there's only four four or five teams that have won. No, four teams I think that have won two games. Everyone's beating everybody. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and so well, and so yeah. unless Saracens, well, I mean that might play into Saracens' favour. The competitiveness of the league might be what gets them out of it. But that's only if they they. Keep up. They so, managed to keep winning. Is, yeah. is, is no one seeing my... I mean, I know Saracens are the bad guys now, but no one's seeing my romantic theme about the young academy lads picking them up. I, 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 it, it, it's it, definitely possible. It's definitely possible, and it would be... an ama- it, it would be an amazing story. You know, again, take the villain thing out of it, because, yes, I can understand why a lot of fans are very cheesed off, and it looks very dodgy, and if I was an extra fan, I'd be... Or an extra mm. player. Yeah, or... Yeah. New, Newcastle fan. Newcastle fan. Yeah, I'd I'd be I'd be gutted and really quite angry, understandably so. But I, it could be an incredible story if, like you say, Ben Earl, Manu Vanapola, um Nick Tompkins, Zikwe. is it Nick Ezekwe, yeah. Gallagher, Mullins. If these guys put in the graph because they're going to have to play more games than they would in any other season, if they get them out of it. Uh, well, I, mean, I I wonder if the if the Premiership have inadvertently signed their own death warrant here, because 
you know, would you want a, a, a seriously annoyed Saracens? <laughs> um, it might actually, in the long term, be the best thing because it might have that the effect of well, Saracens do have to get rid of a couple of stars potentially, depending on whether they do fit under the cap now or not. But it might just strengthen their very talented player pool. Yeah, because they've got well, real responsibility now. Pressure's on every week. And it does, from a CVC and wider league perspective, it does show, or certainly in future, it will solidify the integrity of the league. Yeah. Whereas in the past, certainly the stuff we referenced before about four or five years ago when things got brushed under the carpet, there were questions over the integrity of the league. Yeah. This will change that. Well, uh, but here's another one. Will other clubs be thinking we need to make sure we are totally above board no. and whiter than white with everything we do because it's you know going to be under more the, scrutiny? Do you know what other clubs are thinking right now? What? Oh shit! Well, that's exactly that's uh, my yeah, point. That's, that's what I'm exactly saying, yeah. what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah. They're looking at this and thinking, "Oh my god, this is serious business now." So actually, yes, I think they'll be revisiting. You know, they'll they'll yeah they'll be. Um, They'll be, scru- through... be scrutinising every little yeah. decision they've made. They'll be going through how... all their hard drives. If someone, yeah, if someone looked at that from a different perspective, would they think it could look odd? As we say in the past, the whole joke about players' wives being receptionists, but there may well be some 29 versions of that. I mean, if you take Saracens at their word, they thought they were ha- acting in good faith. Are other clubs acting in good yeah. faith? So I think there's going to be a lot of bloodletting in the Premiership next couple of years. Because if Saracens had been treated like this, and everyone thought they were untouchable, I guess, to a certain degree. And I guess they thought that, too. I mean, they thought, you know, this will carry on forever. They, they obviously never expect, expected to get caught, or why would you do it? Um, so other clubs must be feeling the same way. There must be loopholes here and there. Now, if we come out of this in a year's time or two years' time, and the league is completely clean, everyone's got a load of confidence in the salary cap, the league is in a far better place. Mm than what it is now. Mm. A far better place. And, and that actually is really good because that is... Let's, let's be honest. The Premiership is already the best domestic league in the world bar none. Better than Super Rugby, better than Top 14, better, better than Pro 14. Probably better than all three of those combined. Because now, of the salary cap. Because of the salary cap. Mm. Now, what's going to happen when the salary cap is actually embraced, is properly followed by everyone to, to, to the nth degree, and it's more transparent. It can only be good for, good for Premier Rugby. Now, if I was the owners... Here's what I'd be doing. I would obviously be punishing Saracens. I'd be getting my own house in order. But I wouldn't waste a good crisis. I would use this and burn Premiership Rugby to the ground and basically start it again. Um, and, you know, the format of the competition is, is fine, but, you know, I think I would overhaul its communications. I'd overhaul its image. I'd overhaul basically everything um, and use this as, an, as, an, as a bit of an advantage and, you know, a, uh, a fresh start. I think that's um, a very good opportunity. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe not the burn it everything to the ground and start again. Yep, salt but the earth, the, burn the records. But the the overhaul and there will be a couple of tough years. I think for um, you'd have made a great Roman emperor, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> burn scorched earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genghis beard more. Yeah, <laughs> raise the building. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think the league could come out stronger, but it will take a couple of years to do so um interestingly i've been looking because of the 2015 position where nine other clubs made statements um and three didn't 
Um, I've been looking to see who's whether anyone's made statements on this and all. Do you know, do you know which three it was, JB? Would you guess? Would you three, guess the three which didn't make statements? Yeah. I would guess it was Bath, Saracens, and it wasn't Wasps. Correct so far. It wasn't Gloucester. I know that. It wasn't Harlequins. It wasn't Sale. Definitely wasn't Sale. Newcastle. No. Tigers. Tigers would be the other one. Correct. Correct. Uh, allegedly. No, no, no. They didn't give statements. We're yeah. not. We're not yeah. giving any. Yeah. Reason as to why they didn't give statements, but yeah. those were the three. Just coincidence, perhaps. Um, the only official club statement I've found is Worcester Warriors made a statement today, um, basically supporting the Premier Rugby action and the decision, and reiterating the Premiership Rugby statement, and, and I think the RPA's statement on why the salary cap exists, mm. which is um, ensure financial stability, um, reduce inflationary pre- pressures, and maintain a, a competitive league, and keep players like Jack Singleton at Worcester if they could have, if they could have had it. Yes, certainly that. Yeah. Mm. So, so if you two were betting men, mm. would you put money on Saracens staying up or down? I'd love to have put uh, a bet. I'd love to put a bet on it last week. Yeah. <laughs> Before Ooh, the points deduction, I know a man who did put a bet on I it. I know a man who did too. Really? Uh, put a tenner on it at 250 to 1. Oh, so it's going on, yeah. And I wish I had done the same thing. Because nope. we, we wanted to talk about this story for three weeks, and someone, so one of us wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't allow me to talk, talk no. about it. Yeah, but uh, that, no. that, that didn't stop you from. I mean, you talking about it on, 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 a, on a podcast which gets listened to far and wide wouldn't have, wouldn't have helped the odds. No, <laughs> with <laughs> the bookies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, very good point. Um, yeah, they've been caught cheating. But I don't think it takes away from a few things. I don't think it takes away from the quality of the players, the quality of the atmosphere, the quality of the coaching, um, the amount of detail they put into the game planning. I think this group of players is actually going to probably grow stronger. 35 uh, points. Together. So I I have total faith in them. I have so, total faith in them. So I think I think London Irish or whoever finishes in 12th, outside of Saracens, will probably be on mid-20s. Mid low twenties, let's say. Let's say let's say twenty two points. Twenty 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 two points, let's say. So thirty five means that Saracens would need to be on fifty seven, which was about top four sort of points last season, right? Um yeah, it would have just seen them outside it would have actually seen them top four. Fifty six was top four last yeah. season. Which is historically low, actually. Yes. Top it, four. It is historically Normally low. Normally you need mid sixties. As we pointed out Everyone's beating everyone else. Yeah. So what I what I think that means is when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And I, and I said Saracens are going to find it harder this season because it's a World Cup year, so I see them finishing fourth and maybe coming through and winning it at the end. That was my prediction a few weeks ago before the season started. It was Saracens to, to, to sneak into the top four, but not to come top of the league. So I think, yeah, this I think it could go down quite late in the season on that basis, just just those rough sums. So yes, I could, I could, I could realistically see that happening. Yeah, I think... Assuming the 35 points does get taken off, I think it will be a lot closer than you might have assumed looking at the past 10 years. I think it will be a very close run thing. I think they're going to be fine. They're mm. going to be absolutely fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, I think they thrive on this, adver- on, on this adversity. It's almost like, you know, for some coaches, this is... This is the gift from heaven. For someone like an Alex Ferguson, the world is against us. I mean, it really is quite a motivator. I, I, yeah. In a lot of ways, I'm super excited for the, the young players within this system. I'm what super excited. God, sorry. It, no, was it when they got, remember when they got battered by Claremont and, like, by 50 points? Did they go on and win the tournament that year? Or was it the next year they won the tournament? I, they won the double the year after. I think they went out in the semi to Leinster. Yes, that rings a bell. I'm sure yeah, they it, did. Was it that year? And Leinster went on to they win They had a it. really bad run where they were just lost yeah. a bunch of games and then the next season won the double. Yeah, is it, was it a Claremont game where it was snowed off? Yeah, it snowed off. I, I worked that game. I just can't, I can't yeah, remember anything I'm about sure the rest of the season. It, in, in the semis. But yeah, a smart management. I mean, how it must be very exciting if they get their minds right for Max Mullins and you know, those sort of boys. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for them. <laughs> they get to make a name. I mean, the, the now you can imagine the London Irish players saying, "Right, this is this is our, this is our, this is a real shot." I mean, they've <laughs> yeah, given yeah. themselves a shot anyway, but they're, they've got to be thinking, "We've got to capitalise on this every single point, every bonus point." And you don't want to leave it, do you, to the last weekend of the? So, for all the people in the bottom three, you don't want to leave it to the last weekend. No, it's between you and Saracens to lose a game. Mm. You don't you don't want to be in a two horse relegation race with Saracens. No, you don't, because they can still put out a good team. They are still pretty nifty. decent, pretty handy, pretty decent. Yeah. yeah so, wow. Uh, wow. Why can't there be a salary cap for each every week? That's what I want to know. <laughs> um, you are right. It was seventeen uh, eighteen when Saracens finished second in their pool. Uh, and Leinster won it that year, yeah. beating Saracens in the, I want to say the semi, I'm just trying to look it up now. So so just to summarise, that we're, we're all roughly on the same page. We're quite happy if the if the titles get taken away in the Premiership, but you mentioned Leinster. If their fans started going, give us a fifth star, <laughs> no, back off. Until, until you show not. us exactly how much the the <laughs> IR, the IR, well, no, no. the IRFU spending they, on Leinster. They don't need to tell us anything because no, they're on the they're, they're on the rules. They were beaten fair and square, as were Claremont, as were Toulon, as as was everyone else who faced the wrath of Saracens in Europe. So that is still for them to in, to enjoy. 
Um, where do you think it's going to go next? Do you think there's any further twists and turns? I think it's going to be frustratingly quiet for a long period of time. I, I think it, it, Gloucester v Saracens is a live BT Sport game this weekend. This weekend, Saturday, is it? So Ooh. watch that. The because build up to that will be interesting. The build up to that will be interesting. Is I wish I was working on that game as a reporter because yes. I would love to be asking the questions. So I've spent a lot of time talking about you know how Saracens are going to bond and get through this. I wonder what Gloucester. I wonder what the Gloucester players are, are thinking. Like we oh, need to stick it to the Saracens. The, the shed week. fans. Yeah, <laughs> the shed is going to be loud on Saturday, and they're they're probably. One of the biggest winners from all this, because they're definitely getting to a final this year. It is definitely Gloucester's year now. I mean, there can there can be no other way to describe this. It's I, got to be Gloucester's year. That is a very, very good point. It's a guilt-edged opportunity for Gloucester's year. This might be Gloucester's year. This might be Gloucester's year. What a note to finish on. Could be Northampton's year. Yeah, it could be. Could be Exeter's year. Without every time that every time Exeter don't face Saracens in a final, they win. I mean, we're always, <laughs> yeah, we're certainly going to get a different top four. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, pending the review, pending yes. the review, of course. Uh, the other thing I want to uh, add is I wonder if there'll be any legal challenges. For instance, Exeter Chiefs might say something. They might say they really won two extra titles. Lost the sponsorship earnings. There you go. Season season ticket sales. You've mm. had a bigger stadium. This that, and the other. I wonder if there's mm. more stuff to come from that from that angle. Mm. And the, the the human cost is always the one in this. We you can sometimes overlook things like that, but there will be. I'm trying to think of an example of a player. Oh, what's the guy? Um, uh, like guys like Carl Rimmer, like a, a, a guy that is no way going to have earned enough money to just be able to put his feet up and chill out. He's going to have to work. Yes, he's going to find for the next for the next thirty years, and I hope he's getting on well in retirement, uh, Carl Rimmer. But an extra chief player that has a title, but you know what? What a difference when he's sitting with his grandkids, if he got out a hat trick of medals. Yeah, or you know, the English selectors look differently on ex Exeter players because they've won three titles. Yeah, Don and, Armand. Yeah, yeah hand, you know, there we go. We'd have beaten tw- South Africa with Don Armand in the team. Twenty caps, <laughs> twenty times twenty thousand is it's a lot of money. Four hundred. Yes. 400k. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. Those those are the sort of things that I yeah that yeah. They, that you right to think about. Exeter fans who paid a load of cash to travel the, uh, up the country for for big games, and just now it, there's there's a bitterness to it. Mm. There's, there's there's human stories all over the shop, and which is why I really want to believe that it was an accident I want to believe it's on the same level as someone sending in their tax return late it's yes. a non-disclosure claim a, a crime rather than a uh, you know a, a purposely Do, cheating yeah. crime there was, there was no malice I, that's what I want to believe it's, it, it's, it's admi- very hard at the moment for me to believe that yes an, an administrative error yeah I mean I don't which is what error. Sar- which is what Saracens have said it but can't be right I mean that yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, not to go over old grounds. But when you look at things like the the original statement being taken off the club's website from March, when you see the timing of the the uh, finance director leaving the club on one minute into the <laughs> semi final match with New Zealand, bye guys. I'm uh, <laughs> putting out the statement. Then it 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 just it doesn't look good. Yes, it doesn't look good. Yeah, when you see them appeal the validity or challenge the validity of the rules and regulations they've been signed up to for the last 10 years. Yeah. Not good. That doesn't look good either. It looks like they're squirming. Yes. Trying to wriggle. But 
we'll see this this is going to play out we're not going to I, I don't think we're going to see anything about it because it's an independent arbitration panel it's not done in the courts as JB said maybe it Yet. will end up in the courts in which stage. case we will then see it but this is going to rumble on and on and on and we'll be here to make as much money out of it as possible <laughs> As we're all as, I'm downloads. Yeah, as we're all together, we we can uh, talk about this in more more depth. But just very briefly, the other story, which just totally totally got blown out of the water to the point that Phil didn't even know it happened when I mentioned it before so the podcast. I've been reading the 57 page yeah. uh, salary cap regulations yeah. again. Uh, talk that potentially six nations will reach out to Japan and say, okay, well, if it's going to take a few years for you to get in Super Rugby uh, into the Rugby Championship, sorry, come over here. No. No, the answer is well, no. Yeah, well, it's interesting because <laughs> if there was any doubt with this Saracen story. That, that it's all about money this story just shows it is all it about is money because it was only what a year ago when people were going Georgia should come in no oh tradition's more important it's all yes. about the tradition and the rivalries and then yes. suddenly oh hold on what Japan 120 no. million fifth biggest economy in the world uh, their well, we fans are work. all over it. okay we'll make it work okay yeah. the answer is, is it the same for Japan as it was to Georgia no <laughs> um, <laughs> now there is a country between Japan and Europe, which Japan could, could play. Georgia. Georgia. Now, I, I would probably start with... I was thinking... I actually brought up Google Maps today to just look at the country. So I was like, have I missed anyone? How has rugby got itself in a situation where there's actually a really good team in Georgia, a really good team in Japan, and nothing anywhere else? Nothing in between. Not for thousands well, Hong, Hong, Pretty Hong, good Hong, team Hong, in Russia Hong. as well. They surprised us at the World Cup. Yeah. They did. Yeah. I mean, Russia... And actually, I mean, the times are... You don't realise how far away Japan is until you look at it. On a map, like, and you fly George's there, far away, and you, and you, and you two fly there, yeah. yeah. I mean, George's far away, God knows how many white wines later. It's about, I guess, it's about 10 hours to Georgia, yeah, maybe but, slightly less if you could go direct, but it's that, that region, yeah, it's not 18 hours, yeah. So, Georgia and Japan, and it's not two hours, yeah, nope, it's definitely not that. <laughs> uh, I think there should be some sort of realignment, not with the Six Nations, but everyone else can mix and match. Um, I was thinking, Georgia, Japan might be good, time. Time-wise, it's got to be Japan, New Zealand, Australia. That feels more Australasia-y. That, that, that's that's got a feeling of a good... Along with Samoa Tonga, Fiji, because time-wise, they're all very similar. Yep. I mean, Argentina main... with the Americas. Argentina with yep. the Americas. I, I may... Can Argentina and South Africa, they can't really coexist, no. can they? It's just no. too much. Time-wise is difficult. No. Time-wise is difficult. It's slightly closer than New Zealand or Japan, South Africa. And then there's Georgia. And Georgia and South Africa, time-wise, aren't, aren't hugely diff- different. But then, with all that said, if you could get some kind of world league that was muted a while ago... Absolutely not. You could have games... So you could have a, a Friday game, and then you could have a Saturday AM game in New Zealand or Fiji or Japan. Mm. You could have a Saturday mid-afternoon game in Europe or... or South Africa. Or South Africa. And you could have a Saturday evening game in Argentina, in Argentina or USA, East Coast, West Coast, or Canada. Hmm, maybe so when I you put it like, like that. I like the idea of that. Problem is having the triple header spread across the world. I guess the issue is Six Nations is always going to be dominant because of the quality of the yeah. competition. It is, and the, you it's can't the most competitive league. Yeah, yeah it you is. Can't replicate that competition. We can talk about this in more depth. I just, I just thought I'd, um, yeah, just lob Rattle it like in ages. at the very end. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, if Portugal's coaching staff continues to improve the way it is, uh, there'll be no issues. And I think we should just finalise our own plans and then also say, coming very, very soon to a podcast near you, details of a Tier 2 tour. Yes, indeed. Ugh. 
because it's yes. November now. We should get yes. on. We need to get on with that. Yeah. <laughs> What's that face for? You can't, you can't face it. I can't face it. We'll, we'll, we'll do something. We'll, 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 we'll work. No, it's, it's, we've got good plans. We'll so definitely do it. Details coming soon. But thank you for listening. We're back uh, after this weekend's rugby. Find us at Rugby Podcast. Him at Jay Beardmore. I'm at Cocker. He's lurking on Twitter somewhere. Uh, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.